Welcome to Talkin' SEC. Writer, photographer, and producer Philip Jordan discusses the latest news and breaks down the biggest games with the best analyst around. Now, from Southeast Alabama, a state that knows its sports, here is Philip Jordan. Welcome, everybody, to Talking SEC. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, from Life's World College Football, where I cover the Auburn Tigers and 96.9 The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Wills Football. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the podcast. Now, I want to apologize. I did say there was going to be a Wednesday edition. Stuff happened. We weren't able to do it. So I apologize for that. But hopefully, we're able to get that conversation that was scheduled for Wednesday on Friday, and you may be getting a very special edition, rarity for me, a Saturday morning podcast. But today's show is going to be really, really good. I'm going to be joined by Jason Ray, last word on college football managing editor. Jason puts out a Heisman Trophy article each and every week. We all vote for it over at last word on college football. So we will talk Heisman Trophy, and also with Jason, we'll talk about the newest college football playoff rankings. So we do talk a lot about Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M. Of course, we're going to talk about Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, but we also kind of get a whole scope of college football as a whole in that conversation. So we'll talk a little Clemson. We'll talk about some Big Ten, just everything's going on surrounding the college football playoff and the Heisman Trophy race. Then after my conversation with Jason, I will go over a couple of news items from around the conference. But before I do that, let you guys know you can find me in the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSCC. You can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkingSCPod. Of course, the podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. It always means a lot if you do that. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. Now let's get into my conversation with Jason Ray from Last Word on College Football. And joining me on Talking SEC today is Jason Ray, managing editor of Last Word on College Football. And uh, Jason, uh, glad to have you on the show, uh, Talking SEC. Yeah, thanks for having me back, Philip. I'm excited to be on. You know, uh, last time we did this, I went on hiatus the day after uh, we did a podcast. <laughs> but I promise you, uh, that will not happen this time. Okay, good. I'd start to take it personally if that's the case. <laughs> oh man, I felt bad about that because as soon as I made that that big announcement, I was going on podcast hiatus. I was like, "Oh man, I just had Jason on. I hope he doesn't think I said that because of him." Because it was an awesome episode with you. Because I remember we talked about that was for the SEC even got kicked back off, and that was right. the SEC. Well, we were talking about and uh, but uh, the, the numbers did good on the episode. So uh, yeah, uh, before I went on hiatus, we I went out with a with a good showing. But uh, yeah, I do appreciate you. You're coming on uh, on the show as always. It's all, always great conversation with you uh, when we do this talk college football. And, you yeah. know, we're going to talk about the playoff, talk about Heisman. I've uh, got some uh, fun stuff toward the end of the conversation, too, as well. But I guess we, we'll start off with the rankings. The rankings coming out on Tuesday evening. We're recording this on Wednesday evening. Podcast coming out on Thursday morning. But yeah. uh, overall, with the rankings, did anything surprise you, uh, catch your eye? No, I don't think so, Philip. I mean, nothing really, really surprised me. Um, I mean, we saw, we certainly saw Clemson um, jump Ohio State. That was um, given the fact that Ohio State didn't play in as as good as Clemson played um, against Pitt on Saturday. That was um, that was expected. Um, then you know, at a 
from five, six, seven, those certainly stayed the same with Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati. Um, you know, you kind of predicted Iowa State would move up, um, certainly ahead of Oklahoma, but up into that nine spot, really, really big, um, maybe one of the biggest wins in the history of the program, you know, really set them up to be in a position to make the Big 12 championship game. You know, they host West Virginia this weekend. Um, they'd have to really, they're going to have to really do a whole lot and a lot of kind of crazy things to happen in the Big 12 for um, Iowa State to, to, to not make it to the Big 12 championship. And then, you know, you've got a couple of teams in there that, you know, you got Georgia at eight and you got Miami at 10. You know, Georgia, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, that's probably their ceiling right now. Um, you know, they have very little chance to make it to the SEC championship game, of course. I think Florida, you know, knocks it knocks it down with a um, – you know, with a, with a win this weekend against Tennessee. But, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, we we're kind of talking off air here that, you know, maybe it's just because of 2020, the, the dynamics of, you know, what that looks like this year that, you know, we probably have about eight or nine teams that have a legitimate ch- chance of, you know, potentially making it into the top four of that playoffs, given, you know, the craziness of what's happening in the, in the, in the big 10, you know, ACC, you know, potentially getting in either one or two SEC, same situation, potentially getting in one or two. But then you got, you know, certainly Cincinnati, which is, you know, at seven, they're right there. You know, if some if some chaos happens to be able to be the first team, um, you know, the first group of five team to make to make the playoffs. And, you know, certainly the at the, at the back burner, they need a lot of things to happen. But, you know, you got an Iowa State in, you know, in Oklahoma with two losses that that could, you know, sneak up there um, if, you know, a lot of those dominoes fall in their direction. Yeah, it is, it is quite interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of moving parts and different ways we can go at this thing. But, you know, I, I look at it, Alabama won, you get that, and then Notre Dame. And then I, know, I think Herb Street is trying – he was doing it again, you know, saying he thinks Alabama and Notre Dame equal footing. Just I think he's going more with who Notre Dame is beat, which when you beat Clemson, that's a big deal. Of course, right. you got Clemson at three, and then you got a high state four, and A and M five, four to six, and the A and M part is interesting, you know. And you know, audience here, SEC audience here, you yeah. kind of wonder how close. You know, and it seemed like from comments made last night that A and M is pretty close, and you kind of got to wonder with Ohio State, especially if let's say if Michigan cancels and they don't get to play in the Big Ten, or of course if the Big Ten doesn't make an adjustment to their, their rules they put in place before the season started that you had to play six games to get to the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, very interesting there with A&M where they have them and could they jump Ohio State if they kept winning. Yeah, I think it's very ironic giving, um, given the Alabama-Texas A&M game, kind of how that went. And, you know, you got, you got to think Texas A&M was the biggest Alabama fans in the world right now, um, you know, because if, you know, Florida happens to beat – um, Alabama in that SEC championship game, then you're probably looking at Alabama and Florida both um, certainly making the playoffs. But you know, I th- they they have a chance. They they definitely they, ha- they have a chance. They played well. Um, you know, since that since that loss to Alabama, you know, ironically, you know, I've watched a few a few of their games since that Alabama. Ironically, maybe their worst game that they've played was uh, was Saturday night against LSU. You know, LSU. It's it's hard to believe just watching them how down they are um from from where they were at last year you know even 
you know, even we've seen them play this year. We've seen it play out, but it's just, you know, it's kind of, it's just glaring on the offensive side of the ball, especially how, how, you know, how down they are um, from a year ago. But, you know, you look at Kellen Mond, you know, who has, you know, has been, been around, you know, I think this is what his third year um, starting for A&M. And he, 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 he did not look, he did not look like a playoff contending quarterback um, on, on Saturday against LSU. I think he was like, 10 or 11 of 30 something for, you know, a, you know, a little bit over 130, 140 yards. So um, I think he's going to, he's certainly going to have to play a lot better with them playing, you know, Auburn, um, you know, this Saturday. And then, you know, they do travel to Tennessee, you know, Tennessee's not had the season that they would like, but still, you know, it's a, it's still, it's still a tough place to play. So um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're certainly right there. Um, and then you get into the conversation, you know, you go into a situation, let's say A&M wins, um, you know, say A&M wins the rest of their games or their last two. And then you got Ohio state, maybe, you know, if they don't make the championship game, the, the big 10 championship game, they're on the outside looking in, then you, you know, then you kind of get into a situation where you look at Texas A&M versus Cincinnati, right? You know, do you do you reward a team that is a group of five team, you know, not had the toughest of schedule, um, but have been pretty dominant? You know, they're a conference champion, whereas you have A&M, which is a, you know, a, a power five SEC, I wouldn't say, say power, but a, a big name, um, at least from on the, on the college landscape, a team that has lost a game and they did they don't even – they don't even win their conference championship, not even their division. So, I mean, I think that's going to be an in- interesting conversation and topic if it should get to that point. And also A&M, they also have Ole Miss still to play. Uh, that was a game that uh, got moved from the – I got the schedule in front of me right here. Uh, they were supposed to play A&M. Uh, Ole Miss originally on the 21st, so that's another one. I mean, look, Ole Miss is not good defensively. But offensive, right. what Lane Kiffin's there done in his first year, that's not going to be an easy game either. I mean, Tennessee probably is the easiest of your three. That's, uh, true. that's true. I forgot that game on the 19th. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you this off air. I said this on social media after the Iron Bowl. And I think some of my Auburn friends uh, looked at me and uh, looked at the post and questioned my sanity a little bit. But I wouldn't be shocked if Auburn wins Saturday. Gus Malzon back against the wall. You know, most publicized uh, through many articles, mine and everywhere else, about Bo Nix and Gus Malzahn are different in Jordan Harris than they are away. So uh, that's not going to be an easy day for A&M if Kellerman doesn't come in and play with Auburn. Might could get them. Once again, Ole Miss, if <laughs> you get in a shootout with them, who knows? So, And that's another thing. If you compare that to Ohio State, say Ohio State just plays the one more game or doesn't get to get go to the Big Ten Championship game, you know, if we're going to match resumes, I mean – I want to say this: Who has Ohio State beaten if they don't get to the Big Ten championship game? Other yeah. than Indiana? yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I think that's um, I think that's going to be the prevailing comment. I mean, to your point, Philip, even if they get to uh, the conference championship game and, and, and win that game, the Big Ten is probably, maybe as down as it's been in quite some time, and certainly part of that has to do with you know the pandemic and what's what's gone on this year, but. Michigan and Penn State are just a shell of themselves. Michigan State, um, of course, they certainly have those two big wins against against Michigan and Northwestern. But you know they're um, you know they're not as good. You know, and you know as we talked off air, you know, 
I don't know if it's more of a testament of how down the Big Ten is or maybe just how much better Ohio State is than everyone else. You know, Justin Fields throws three interceptions. Um, Michael Penix, which is now out for the season for Indiana, throws for almost 500 yards, and they still win. Um, you know, most teams, and you know, playing in a playing a, you know, the second or third best team in the conference. If you if you throw out that kind of effort, you know, they're probably going to lose. So yeah, when you look at the end of the year, when you look at a, um, when you look at Ohio State, and, and let's just assume it. You know, for our last conversation, let's su- assume that A and M go ahead and and beats Auburn on the road in a tough environment. They beat Tennessee. They beat Ole Miss. You know that resume may um, may certainly look a little bit better than Ohio State, even with a um, even with a conference championship. And you know, at the most, I think Ohio State's got, got seven games. And then you look at A and M. Um, they'll probably have. I'm not sure the exactly how many ten or eleven at that point. Um, I think probably ten without the conference championship game. But yeah, I think I think that's going to be. I think that the committee's got the, the toughest job that probably they've had, and I think we knew this coming into the year, but with with the unbalanced schedule, and especially if Ohio State's not able to, you know, to get seven games, you're looking at judging a team that's played half of what a normal schedule would be would be and really not having any um you know, any solid quality wins. That's true, and uh, I just thought of this and to start us out there. We're talking about Ohio State. If you run through your 6-0, 7-0, what if Clemson beats Notre Dame in a close game? You've got two one-loss teams there that have played an almost full schedule. Say Florida upsets Alabama in a close game. Then the committee might have a decision on their hands because then you could, you could you know, if you looked at it, you could say also those four teams, both two from the SEC, two from the ACC, once again, resume who you've beaten versus what Ohio State's doing. So I mean, I think I think that could be a bad situation for Ohio State too, as well. If if we see them to uh, ACC and SEC uh, championship games go that direction. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's certainly a, a nightmare scenario for for Ohio State, and really the same for Texas A&M and Cincinnati. What we you know we talked about off airs. Ohio State. I mean, they're going to be big time Alabama and big time. Um, Notre Dame fans, you know, come the last, uh, you know, the last weekend of the year there. I mean, they can't. I think the resumes from Florida, the resumes from Clemson, um, I mean, sorry, for uh, Notre Dame would certainly carry them forward um, in the top four. I can't imagine, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine Notre Dame, you know, with as big as as big of a win as they have against Clemson getting knocked out. I mean, minus maybe a 30, 40 point loss in that championship game and really kind of the same thing for Alabama. Um, you know, I, I don't see them. Um, I don't see them dropping out of that top four just because of the point you made of the, of the, um, the quality wins that they have built up um, to that point, which Ohio state or, you know, or Cincinnati uh, for that matter, um, would we'll, would not have a win that's even close to um, any of those wins that you know any of those clubs have. Yeah, it's definitely it's gonna be interesting, and I hadn't even really thought about that whole scenario. <laughs> if those yeah. if we hit those those conference champ those two conference championship games, 
I do got to wait. And I'll be honest with you, just to say this, it will be nice to see Clemson get challenged in the ACC championship game for once. It, it will. And I think one of the things, and I know we'll get to the Heisman stuff in a, in a few minutes, but one of the things that I was thinking of is, you know, think about from a Clemson perspective. You know, they Virginia Tech struggled this year. So, um, you know, especially towards the back half of the year. Um, so, you know, the chances of Clemson losing – um, is small, but 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 think about this for a second. You know, Clemson has this is going to be their last game because of the ACC reshuffle. They lose this game, they're out of the net, they're out of the playoffs, and that they won't even make the ACC championship game. I mean, that's kind of very weird and strange to uh, think about. Miami's right right there with them, just kind of waiting to um, waiting to kind of get in there. Um, you know, if if um, Clemson had the fall, but, you know, like I said, I mean, I think Clemson's a, what, a 22, 23 point favorite, you know, stranger things have happened, but, you know, if that were to happen, that would be maybe the biggest shocker of the, of the college football season as a whole. Yeah, most definitely. If they, if they, if they did that one, it would be, whoa, we were, we were supposed to be the darling of the season. And now, and honestly, Clemson was my preseason championship pick and I'm still, I'm still hanging on that one too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, they were they were mine too, especially with you know Etn and Lawrence coming back. I think that I think the interesting thing is it's it's kind of hard saying this with it being Alabama, but Alabama's their second half of the year they've been they've been very good. Um, their offense has been there all year, um, but the defense has played really well over the last few games. You know they held. Kentucky to three points, Auburn to, to 13, um, and, and so especially the secondary, the back half. They got um, probably the one of the worst performances I've ever seen um, a Nick Saban-led Alabama defense against Ole Miss earlier in the year. Um, but they've written, you know, given credit, they've rebounded from that, and they, they do look like a, a very complete team right now. Yeah, they do. Uh, I think it's 33 points last four games they've given up uh, – so far on Alabama's defense. So, but I think in a few weeks when they play Florida, it's going to be completely a uh, different thing. And uh, kind of talking about that, that's your two leading guys, it seems, for the Heisman right now in Matt Jones and Kyle Trask. Uh, for you, is it, is it those two right now you would say are the leading candidates? Yeah, it, it is. Um, yeah, I would I definitely. And you can, you know, I think, you know, in our rankings that we've had, it's been, it's almost been flip flop flip flopped every single week. Um, I think those two are the clear leaders um, at this point. And, you know, I, I think it's closer, it's closer than of a Heisman race that we've really seen in quite some time, to be honest, last year, you know, it was the Heisman was over with about four weeks to go um, in, in the regular season, you know, Burrow had s- such a, such a big lead, but, you know, kind of de- from a statistical perspective, it just kind of depends on what you want to look at, you know, Mac Jones, um, you know, leads from a, from a cl- completion percentage hitting 76.2% of his passes, you know, has a quarterback rating of 208. Um, so he kind of leads in that um, area. And then Kyle Trask has a little bit of a, more of an advantage of, of total yards passed through the season. He has 2,800 yards. And, you know, I think, you know, we always look at touchdowns and interceptions. And, and, you know, Trask is, I mean, that's the thing that kind of pops off the page, you know, to me when you look at the, you know, when you look at the total body of work, 34 touchdowns against three interceptions. I mean, and that's, you know, and, and, and Mac Jones is, is close. I mean, he's right there. Like, he's got 23 touchdowns against three interceptions. So, I think the difference is that 
You know, I think Florida's had to play a little bit later in games, you know, especially earlier on in the year. Um, and, and, you know, as the as we just alluded to, the defense of Alabama has been a little bit better. So, you know, Mac Jones has had the opportunity to rest a little bit more. So it's very close for me. I would give Trask just the slightest um, uh, bit of, of advantage right now. But, you know, hey, Philip, I think that probably the best case scenario would be them two, one and two, and just – settle it on the field December 19th, right? Um, yeah. That was, um, you know, interesting. I think uh, we haven't really – I can't remember the last time we've had one of those where we'd have had, you know, Heisman being so close and it came down to the last game of the year with both of those teams playing each other. Um, you know, it'll be – I mean, interesting to see if that, you know, if that um, holds true. Um, you know, and you've got a couple of guys outside of the SEC that – I mean, you, they could possibly get back in there. Um, you know, you got Trevor Lawrence, obviously, you know, he was, you know, it was just so detrimental to his chances with, you know, with missing those couple of games and then obviously getting the game against Florida State canceled. Um, you know, and then Justin Fields really kind of the same thing just in terms of not having enough games and really that Indiana game. It, I mean, it, it all but killed his Heisman chances. He was, you know, he was really, he was up there with it, you know, with, uh, with Trask and Jones, um, you know, until he had those three interceptions against Indiana. I think that really, you know, kind of killed his, his, his chances. So barring anything going awry, um, you know, an injury or, you know, some sort of COVID situation for Trask or, or Jones, I, I, I see them to, you know, fighting it out to the, to the last, uh, last game. You know, uh, you mentioned that uh, two candidates like that uh, playing each other in the last in the last game of the regular season or a conference championship game. I think the closest we've got to that was 2009 SEC championship game when you had Alabama with Mark Ingram versus Florida with Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Ingram had a big game in the SEC championship game. Uh, I think Alabama won 32 to 13. I think that was the score that one, and then Tebow didn't have such a good day. I think right. that's probably the last time because I think. Ingram had a bad iron ball, and that kind of opened the door for Tebow to come in and maybe if he had a big game with Alabama to win that. But since yeah. then, we haven't seen that. And that, that was going to lead me. You talk about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, you know, life of games. And like you said, the three interception game against Indiana really hurt Fields. But with Trevor Lawrence, uh, in your mind, uh, is is there a route for him to kind of get back into this and kind of make it a three a three person race? Yeah, I think there, I think there's a I think there's a route. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think anything he does really does much against Virginia Tech. You know, I think the probably the perception is they're just a kind of a you know mediocre team this year. So whatever he does against Virginia Tech now, you know where he does where he will have the opportunity um, is against you know provided they go ahead and win against Virginia Tech, you know, if they're able to, <clears throat> if they're able to beat Notre Dame and he's able to have a good game. I think you have a storyline certainly there within that game, not uh, not being able to play against Notre Dame in the in the regular season. If he has a really good game and Clemson go, goes ahead and win that game, you know, I think there's a path there that he could, but I still think that he, he, he's going to need, um, you know, he's going to need Mac Jones and Kyle Trask to, to have maybe a couple of subpar games um, leading up that so he can, so he can get up there. You know, he's still, you know, he's still one of the best, you know, maybe the best player. He's going to be the number one draft pick, you know, regardless of whether he's um, a Heisman winner or not. And, you know, he comes um, 
And I think the big difference is, um, you know, DJ was great against Notre Dame. You know, I mean, he threw for over 400 yards. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. I think, you know, come away from that game saying that, yeah, maybe there was a couple of plays that he left on the field, but, you know, offense really wasn't the reason that they lost that game. So, you know, if Lawrence is able to come in that game and he's able to really kind of take them over the top, um, maybe that makes the situation look a little bit different from a national perspective. And maybe the fact that he was the clear favorite along with Justin Fields coming into the season um, may make that a case, but still, I think it's a, I think it's the the two headed SEC quarterback monster. That's it's going to really kind of decide how this goes through throughout the year. I, I would say that one thing is, you know, a guy that I would like to see up there and he just won't just because of the, just because of the um, competition that he has is, you know, Zach Wilson, he's had a great season for BYU. 2,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, he's completed almost 75% of his passes. So if he played for Ohio State, if he played for Oklahoma, if he played for Florida, he'd be right up there. You know, I mean, you could make an argument that his stats are better than um, some of the other ones, other other players that, that he's up against. But again, you could also, you also have to look at the schedule. You know, if they, you know, BYU's had to, had to piecemeal a schedule together, which I mean, I think everybody certainly understands that. Um, so with that, their, their schedule hasn't been, um, as tough as, as it probably would have been, um, coming into the season. But I think he's, he's a guy, obviously no one's going to get invited anywhere this year. It's all, I think it's all virtual, but you know, he's, he's a guy that is really kind of on the outside looking in. That's, that's a long shot that, you know, has had a, a wonderful season for the Cougars. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, great year. And uh, let's see, uh, you know, he deserves to be up there with all of them. I've been very impressed with uh, what he has done with BYU this year. And that team overall, they've been very impressive. You know, just had to take care of business. They've been blowing everybody out that they're playing. So uh, they've been yeah. dominant here for sure. And, uh, you know, lastly, uh, before I let you go, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it to you off air, but are you good real quickly for some, some rapid fire picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, the first one is a Thursday night game, and I told you off the air, this is sneaky good. I think this is going to be a fun game Thursday night. Look, there's no NFL on either Thursday, so football yep. fans, watch this game. It's going to be good. Uh, number 25, Louisiana at App State, but yeah, App State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite here. Yeah, let's 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 hope we get this uh, midweek game in or late-week game in. You know, I haven't heard anything, you know, as of today about, you know, this possibly – you know, being canceled or anything. So maybe we're in good shape. Yeah. I mean, you look at App State traditionally, great, great team. Zach Thomas is a really good running, uh, really, really good quarterback. Seems like he's been there forever for, uh, for App State. You know, you got Levi Lewis on Louisiana's side from a quarterback perspective. Really good quarterback matchup here. I'd give a slight edge to, to App State just kind of being at home, but this, this should be a great matchup. Absolutely. And this one, of course, uh, I have an interest in. Uh, Texas A&M, number five, at Auburn. 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. All, uh, A&M is a seven-point favorite. Yeah, and I think um, Auburn obviously slipped out of the top 25 after after the, the Iron Bowl. And But, you know, I'm kind of with you, Philip. I, I, you know, this is me on the outside looking, and you're, you're certainly closer um, to this than I am. But, the, um, you know, the, the, bow, the good bow, the bad bow, um, you know, it just it, it it pops off the page when you when you look at their games. How great he's been um, at home versus uh, versus on the on, on the road. I think 
I think this is the game, you know, maybe the, the team rallies behind us a little bit to, you know, there's obviously the, to your point earlier in the podcast talking about, you know, maybe there's some rumblings around, um, you know, around Auburn that he might not make it. I think the team rallies behind him. I think Auburn wins about a three-point game. All right. That eliminates that A&M conversation we were having earlier about them in the playoff. <laughs> um, one of the fun games, and uh, game day is supposed to be at this game, Liberty at Coastal Carolina, which, you know, there's potential that this game could not be played. We've got to, you know, wait for later on in the week, see if any news drops on that. But Co- Coastal Carolina, they are an 11-point favorite here, which I have to think, that probably has to do a lot with Malik Willis not playing in this game. I feel like the spread would be a lot closer if he was playing, but uh, that's that's kind of where they got it right now. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I would um, I would certainly give Coastal the advantage now with, with Malik Willis, Willis out. Let's um, you know I think we talked about this a little a little bit off air. You know some of the you know scenes in the Twitterverse that I've seen is that you know BYU has kind of a gentleman's agreement with with Coastal Carolina to play this game. If for some reason Liberty's not able to play, but you know, with with that being said, yeah, I'd have to go with Coastal Carolina, and I think one of the one of the best quarterbacks that we never talk about, one of our friends that um, last word on college football, last word on college football, really he ranks this guy in the top five of his Heisman almost every week. Um, Grayson McCall, great quarterback, freshman quarterback for Coastal, twenty touchdowns, one interception, has ran for. You know, I think four or five hundred yards on the ground himself. So I think he is enough. You know, he'll he'll make enough plays and he will not turn the ball over. So I think Coastal Carolina wins this fairly easily if it's played. Uh, currently on the Big Ten schedule so far, as we know, uh, Indiana at Wisconsin. This should be a should be a fun game. Interesting with Penix, like we said, he is not there. Uh, this ball while Wisconsin is a fourteen point favorite here. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think a crippling blow for for Indiana. You know, you just have to feel sorry for that for that program just a little bit, just on how um, how far they've come and, and how good they've they've been this year behind Penix. But yeah, I think um, you know Wisconsin coming off of that um, loss against Northwestern, where Mertz looked like a freshman. You know, he he looked like a guy who hadn't hadn't played a whole lot. You know, coming back home, I think Wisconsin is in a position where they'll they'll win this pretty easily. Now we'll spin on these next two picks. Uh, not necessarily who you think is going to win, but do does the favorite cover the spread here? Uh, Alabama is at LSU. Just weird with this matchup, seeing this kind of spread. <laughs> but Alabama is a twenty-nine and a half point favorite. So, do you think they cover? You know, we joked about this off off air, but I think it's worth mentioning that only in I think only in twenty twenty will we Al, LSU Alabama game. Alabama is at LSU. And they're given 29 points or, you know, started at 28. I think it's up to 29. And then college game day is at Liberty against Coastal Carolina. I think, you know, taking that in a little bit, you know, we've, I've heard it at the beginning of the week. But now, you know, when you actually say it out loud, it's it's just bizarre. Um, but, you know, L- watching LSU against Texas a and Texas a and has a pretty good defense. But just the inability for them to make plays um, on the offensive side um, of the ball, um, you know, quarterback is young. Um, LSU, I mean, Alabama is rolling. That they'll probably have a little bit of uh, revenge on their mind from last year. Uh, that that last year, I can't really can't believe I'm saying. That. I think I'll I'll go ahead and take um take uh, Alabama given the given the 29 points. All right, and then lastly, of course, uh, you also cover. The Oklahoma Sooners over there, last word, uh, with everything that's to do with the Heisman Trophy and all the other great stuff. But uh, Oklahoma's playing Baylor, hosting Baylor. 
on Saturday where they are a 22-point favorite. So uh, not asking if Oklahoma's going to win or not. Uh, you would probably think you would lean that way. But uh, does Oklahoma cover the 22? So uh, <laughs> kind of a funny story out of Norman this week. They've um, – you know, they, they had to postpone their game against West Virginia last weekend. This week, I would say right now, really, it's it's – 50-50 whether, whether the game even gets played. I think it's trending upward. I think if you, if I would have asked me at the beginning of the week, I would have said maybe 25-30% chance. Um, but I think Oklahoma desperately wants to get this game in because you know they find themselves in kind of a similar situation that Ohio State is in. You know, with the, If they don't play this game, they have to play West Virginia next week just to be in a position to be able to make the Big 12 championship game if, if they win. Um, it's it's getting so desperate on the coaching side um, that one of the most interesting things that I've you know c- covering Oklahoma, you know I thought it was really interesting and often kind of cool to begin with. But you know Lincoln Riley has pulled Bob Stoops out of retirement. He's going to do some on-field coaching um, this Saturday, which is just weird. I mean it's it's interesting, but it's you know it's par for the course for. For 2020. So uh, if this game gets played, I would take Baylor, you know, with the points. And really because I think Oklahoma's looking at um, pretty sizable impact on defense um, with COVID and contact tracing. What I've seen is they have anywhere from about 10 to 12 um, folks on the two deep that are probably going to be out uh, for this game. You know, there's obviously they're going to be pending some testing on Friday and the new CDC rule. I don't know if, you know, certainly don't want to get into that. I think some have seen that they've eliminated the contact tracing from 10 days to seven days. So if that's something that, you know, that, that they take these institutions take into consideration here in the last few, few weeks, that could be, certainly could be a, a bit of a game changer um, as far as that goes. But the fact that Oklahoma has so many people out, um, on defense and might be sort of kind of a makeshift type of um, defense uh, this weekend. I would take certainly Oklahoma. I think they'll have enough offense to win the game, um, but I would take Baylor um, from, from a points perspective. All right. Be interesting. Have to keep an eye out and I hope that will happen because it'd be kind of cool seeing Stoops on the, on the sideline or whatever coaching, not being the head coach. So that's going to be uh, interesting because yeah. he has not been an assistant of any kind <laughs> since the late no, he's been Florida. Yeah, I would say he's been out of the game for um, you know four or five years, four years now. Um, you know, he's still part of the university. He's and that's kind of one of the things that Riley um, talked about in his press conference. He was very kind of coy about it, and then he kind of dropped that bomb bombshell in his in his press conference that you know they've he's it was part of his plans. You know, kind of all year with twenty twenty. In fact, that you know, because everything I've heard that Oklahoma has about maybe. Um, half to two thirds of their defensive coaches that are in COVID protocol. So they, they've they've got some GAs that are going to be out there and on field. They've got some analysts that might be on on field coaching, and then certainly, um, certainly Bob Stoops is is out there. Not sure what capacity he's. Bob released a statement that he was very quick to kind of dismiss that he's going to be you know in the spotlight or doing anything like from a defensive coordinator perspective or anything like that. But it'll be, to your point, I think it will be interesting to see if he that game gets played just to see exactly what he's, you know, what he does on the sidelines and, you know, how, how much of an impact he makes. Yeah, most definitely. So I'll be keeping my eye out on, on that on Saturday, uh, whatever that, how that looks and everything. And uh, 
Jason, uh, I do appreciate you coming on uh, today's episode of Talking SEC. We talked about a lot of fun topics there. But uh, if yep. the listeners and viewers on YouTube wanted to follow you online, we can find you and all the work you're doing over at Lasser on College Football. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, uh, I'm at JasonRay1. Um, and then, like I said, we, we share all kinds of stuff from our last word on college football, um, Twitter, you know, anything across the country, SEC, Big 12, ACC, we got you covered. All right, sounds good. And then once again, Jason, I do appreciate the time and I look forward to talking to you against the time down the road. All right. Thanks, Phil, for having me on. All right. Thanks to Jason for once again coming on the show. Always fun to, to chat with him. And I kind of make a joke there at the beginning. Uh, this will not be uh, the final episode for hiatus. We're not doing that again. Uh, no time soon. Uh, this podcast is going to be coming at you multiple times a week, year round. Uh, going to keep bringing it, going to keep bringing the energy in the enthusiasm for SEC football and uh, much more things here in the future. So I hope you did enjoy that conversation with Jason. Please give Jason a follow. Jason Ray one on Twitter and follow all his great work over at Last Word on College Football when it's managing editor. Uh, and then Oklahoma stuff, the Heisman Trove, just a bunch of good stuff over there at Last Word. We have a lot of great writers over there. And uh, you should really go check it out. Passionate fans about college football, talking college football. We all put our, our hearts and souls into it. So I hope you would go and check out all the great work over there. And you'll hear from another Last Word writer uh, later on in the week, too, uh, with me and uh, Brandon Eisman get together to pick uh, the games for the weekend. He'll be on the show Friday or Saturday when I put out the rare uh, Saturday edition. Just scheduling got messed up and. I kind of like to put one guest on a pod now, not put one big pod with multiple guests. So uh, uh, we'll do that later on the week. The schedule got messed up this week, but you're going to get some some good content still remaining the rest of the week. But oh, I do want to jump into some news items, so let's uh, let's do it. Let's go around the conference. All right, first up, Ole Miss pauses team activities. This is from the Clarion Ledger by Nick Suss. Uh, team activities were canceled out of a abundance of caution, uh, Nick said in this article, uh, due to contact tracing after a small number of players uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Head coach Lane Kiffin did say if they were had to play today, they would have played on Wednesday. So nothing really to be I would say you need to be concerned about it, but maybe not too worried, but we'll see on Thursday when more testing is available. So keep an eye on that. And Ole Miss this week are scheduled off, but you but Ole Miss this week they are scheduled off. They were originally supposed to be playing LSU this week, but that got changed due to uh, the SEC wanting to reschedule the Alabama LSU game for this week. Uh, so Ole Miss still has a game at 6 a.m. on the schedule as well. So and they are going to reschedule both of those. So we expect to see those games on the 12th and the 19th. And as I said on the last podcast, the SEC did say they were going to announce on Friday the schedules for the 12th and the 19th and then the times on Sunday. So keep an eye out on Friday. Hey, and since we're going to be doing a Saturday podcast, I'll probably be able to go over that schedule for you guys on that one. But for Ole Miss, uh, if they had to play today, they would have enough players to play. And they're going to test again on Thursday and see if and get back to practice and all that good stuff. <laughs> Patience for Pruitt. 
athletic director Philip Fulmer uh, was on a call-in show, and he kind of was preaching that, talking about that, how Tennessee fans need to be patient with Jeremy Pruitt, that his record through 30 games is close to the same as Johnny Majors was, and uh, Pruitt is 15-17 and 17 as head coach right now at Tennessee. Look, this season has not gone as scheduled or planned for Tennessee. They started 2-0. And a lot of people this season coming in had Tennessee going third in the SEC East. Of course, no one was going to pick them over Florida, Georgia. Uh, I keep bringing this up. I'm not doing this to Mount Horn. I wasn't buying the Tennessee hype. Um, I'm kind of at that place now. I'm not going to buy the Tennessee hype until I actually see it. Uh, we've seen this before. This team get uh, very, very hyped, especially after what we saw uh, was Butch Jones. Uh, what happened there in the last uh, Tennessee head coaching staff. So I don't buy it. And look, I don't think Tennessee sh- should fire Jeremy Pruitt after this season. I know there's a a vocal group that are saying that or want that. Uh, I don't think he should, should. I think he should get year four. But obviously next year is going to be huge for Tennessee. Look, they started 2-0. They have not won a game since. They have gotten blown out. The offenses look bad. I hope and expect to see a quarterback change this week against Florida. I don't expect Tennessee to win. Tennessee's going to get blown out that one. I believe right now as we sit, the spread is 17, 17 and a half for that one. But patience for Pruitt, I get where Fulmer's coming from, but patient is really growing thin because they are losing some recruits. They lost a five-star and a four-star recruit uh, this week as well. So that's not a good sign because recruiting is the lifeblood of your program but uh it's not looking good for tennessee and like i said unless these last games this year really really go bad for them uh yeah tennessee probably going to be looking to make a change uh, either this offseason or the next <laughs> and lastly uh, this is a piece of news that really dropped on tuesday uh but Arkansas senior running back Rakeem Boyd opts out to focus on the NFL draft. Uh, Coming into the season, Boyd was a second-team all-SEC selection. Uh, In his career, he's got over 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns overall. Had his better year last year when he did go over 1,000. This leaves Arkansas with just three scholarship backs remaining, which Boyd had been hampered with some injuries this year, ankle injury early in the year. And in the previous game against LSU, he did not play due to being held out due to COVID reasons. And, of course, Arkansas didn't play this past week, a lot scheduled because of COVID, too many COVID testing positive and contact tracing, all that stuff. They did not play uh, this past week. So Rakeem Boyd, and he wasn't even a leading rusher on the team. Traylon Smith is the leading rusher on this team. So a little bit more put on him. Um didn't really know if Boyd will be playing in the next game either. But uh, with him going, it's been a rough year for him, and it's another opt-out, air quotes. I don't know if opt-out is really the correct term. I think opt-out is better if before the year I'm opting out of the season now when you're right here at the end. I'm not going to say he's quitting on the team, but he is leaving the team, and uh, Arkansas will have to move forward uh, without their, their star running back or star they thought coming into the season running back. Be interesting to see where he will land draft wise. Um, don't see first or second round draft pick out of him, uh, but he is a senior. He's going to go ahead and get that process started.
And that's going to do it for this edition of Talking SEC, a Thursday edition. Uh, You guys will be getting a Friday edition of the podcast as well, so I hope you'll check that out. Podcast numbers are climbing, getting better each and every episode. A new coming back. I'd have to get some of you back uh, when I went on hiatus. So just, you know, it's just all part of the process. <laughs> Sound like Nick Saban. Just putting out episodes, multiple episodes a week. Just keep putting them out. People will find a podcast. But I do believe I bring you good quality content here on the show. I say probably a lot of stupid, crazy things, but it's my honest opinions as well about this great conference, the best conference in college athletics, especially in football. So I do appreciate you guys checking out the show and making it a part of your day. Had some good positive comments from my conversation with Matt Lowe this past weekend. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed uh, Jason Ray on this edition of the show as well. Remember, you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SCC. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Talking SEC Pod. The podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also on YouTube. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. really means a lot. If you do that, if you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can always email me at sports.philjordan at gmail.com. Hope everybody has a great Thursday. I'll talk to you on Friday. Till then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Talkin' SEC. Follow Philip on social media at PJordanSEC and the show at Talkin' SEC Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time when we're Talkin' SEC.